is good. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown? You, 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 we have a problem. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! I drink your milkshake. You can't handle the truth. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy? Okay, so what would you say is your favorite DC movie, starting from Man of Steel till now? Obviously not before that. Okay, well, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, I freaking love Man of Steel. I cannot, like, put much on a higher pedestal. I mean, for me, Man of Steel sits, like, I mean, I have three favorite superhero movies, including Marvel. For me, my top three wow. movies, in no particular order, no particular order, I love Logan, okay. Man of Steel, and The Dark Knight. And, but for okay. me, it's like, if we're talking about, like, since we're talking about the uh, DC Universe, I, for me, it's like, I freaking love Man of Steel. And one of the reasons why I love it so much is the score. I mean, it really moves me. You really get to see just like, how, like, how, just how the movie opens up. It opens up on, like, Hans Zimmer's, like, who's one of my favorite composers of all time. And when Man Steel opens up, you see like kind of like this very like soothe and calming tone that the movie sets you up for. And when you watch like the, from beginning, you see how like these parents are basically have to say goodbye to their child because in order for him to live on, they have to like to send him away. Kind of like how the movie reflects yeah. on the story of Moses, how his parents had to like send him away so that way he could live. And so. And I love like, how, like, in this movie, it grounds, like, the Superman origin to, like, very reality-like. Like, we see how, like, yeah, like, if someone like Superman exists, they would want to keep their, that part of life a secret. But also, what would it be like growing up with those powers? And I love how, yeah. like, even, like, when he's at school, we see how, like, he's dealing with those powers. Like, yeah, yeah this my, is what a kid would deal yeah. with. My favorite scene in probably all of those these newer DC movies is when these kids are picking on him. And he is literally, like squeezing he's holding back. bending that fence yeah and so, it's like his favorite scenes i love how like the, the also like the jonathan can't stop how he goes like saying like look good or bad the person you're going to be is going to change the world and i love how even that like he keeps to that idea he wants like clark like to keep that part of his life a secret and he takes it to the grave basically because he knew yeah. that the world was not ready for him to be like known and i love that how like in the movie we also see the conflict between him uh, superman and general zod and i love like how michael shannon portrayed him because like for me i like seeing that how like this man he is using violence to kind of save his world but you can see like you kind of could see it because we as humans we're in kind of the same situation as the kryptonians were they're exhausting their plants resources and if we're not careful we're going to end up like the kryptonians and I like how like Zod's saying, like, let me save the people, like give me the power to do it. But the way he does it, it's like, yeah, he's doing a tyrannical rule, but he's tr- trying to do it for a good cause. So you can see how like sometimes doing the good thing can lead you down a dark path. And I yeah. love that how like we see that conflict between him and Superman. And 
one of my favorite parts of the movie is like leading up to like the climactic battle between them because for me like I, I remember you guys were talking about like like what's like your favorite battle that you've seen in a movie or whatever and for me it's the superman versus zod fight because man it is like godlike beautiful like you see they gave that titans. fight yeah they gave that fight such a hard time though because it literally was like it was too epic in a way because it literally destroyed so much. Hey, of the look, city. hey, look. The Avengers <laughs> destroy like cities in their movies. So why can't Superman destroy that? I love that how basically, <laughs> I, I love how basically like Superman, it's just this fight is between just Superman and General Zod, two yeah. beings who are so effing powerful. And right. I love that Zod's like basically, he tells Superman that like I exist only to protect my people. And that's the sole person which, for which I was born. And I love that basically saying, like, you're either with us or you're against us. Right, and right. he gives Superman no choice because one of my favorite parts of that fight is basically they're staring down at each other. And Zod's like, there's only one way this ends, Cal. Either you die or I do. Followed by Hans Zimmer's epic score when you see Zod just run up the building while Superman's flying down toward him and they clash together. And that's one of the things that I think this is, like, why I think this is one of the best movies. Because granted, while Marvel has moments, like, with, like, spoiler alert, you haven't seen any game like Captain America lifting the hammer or like yeah, Tony snapping yeah. his fingers and stuff. For me, the score, it just kind of fades away. I don't hear the score at all. When I look movie, listen to movies like The Dark Knight or Man of Steel, their scores are easily recognizable. Or like Wonder Woman, or like Aquaman, right. their scores are easily recognizable and they go, they play a part in the story. So yeah. I love seeing how like, when you see them clash together, you see the score build, yep. build, 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 and it's like going, it's putting you through an adrenaline rush. I love that. And seeing well, a good score creates creates an emotional experience because the dialogue is going to be the dialogue, and it, you know sometimes for good or bad, it's a dialogue. Yeah. But the score, the score is what creates the emotional experience that sometimes causes the cry or the laugh or the intenseness or the energy or the anxiety. Oh God! When you say cry, man, I mean. One of the things that I really love, like about your podcast, is that a lot of topics you cover. It was you guys mentioned like, what's one like? Uh, I think it was like, what's one TV show like where you cried in, or like <laughs> I think it was, I think it was like, no, we'll go to the cry question later. But there was one that you said like, which your favorite TV show like fight? And like for me, like for me, like it's actually an anime. It's called Demon Slayer. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you heard about it. Oh, yeah, it's a I little the... anime. It's a little anime about yeah. like someone ki- samurais killing demons and stuff. But anyway, there's an episode. I mean, episode 19 is probably the moment where like, okay, this is how anime can show like how scores and soundtracks can play a definitive part to where like, oh my god, this soundtrack is so effing beautiful playing towards the action as well. It made me literally like ball my eyes out and think like, this is so freaking beautiful. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, going back to the DC thing. You know what's funny is you your three movies, your top oh movies my God. are very are very based into the reality of how you would probably see a superhero enter our world. Not oh yeah, more comic book like, but you, I can so I can see your taste and I can now I understand it. Like, well, actually, I think I'm like, not, go ahead. One? Well, I'm just saying I I can see how you are very you like the superhero based more in a reality than a fantasy type of sitting there i don't think it's like that it's like i like how i like seeing how super movies can transcend the genre okay like when you look at man of steel i think out of the top three man of steel is the most comic booky because it's basically yeah it's it's an alien stuff when you look at logan it's a lot like kind of like a western film and i remember right. watching this movie called a rising in the sun 
and it's basically kind of like this story of this little boy trying to uh, make his way across the border into America, trying to find his mom. And so when you look at Logan, it's basically watching like Logan's basically West, yeah. trying to get I these agree. kids to the border to try to get them to freedom so that they can have equal rights. That's how I saw it. And it's also kind of like a Western film because you basically see like, I think the guy from Narcos like being the antagonist and just like, yeah, like Logan, he's at the end of his rope right now. He's got nothing left to like live for. But, and then when you look at movies like The Dark Knight, that is like the godfather of superhero films because that's like basically like saying like, this is basically a crime drama where you have this one uh, protagonist who's basically trying to uphold the law and you have this guy who's just wants to just tear down the law and make it his mm-hmm. own. And you're talking character. about that's that's the one with just so people know that's the one with Joker in it. Yeah, well, that's the one with yeah, the Dark Knight is the one where you have Heath Ledger's Joker, which right. by the way, when I first saw that, I saw that with Daniel, Derek, and Oscar in a theater once, and oh my god, I was afraid of clowns that day. Like he literally, <laughs> like the first scene where he goes like, "Do I know how I got these scars?" I literally was freaking out in the, in right. the seats. I was like, ah! "Like that's a like, great oh, scene." Was that one guy? Because you just don't. The first time you watch that and you watch his performance, you're drawn in. You, you are, you believe he is exactly who he is, and as crazy as he is, and you're in. Like you're in. Fun fact: The Dark Knight was actually an introduction to Hans Zimmer. So, Ooh. like having that, like that, that, that Batman theme in the background. Like when I was listening to like in middle school, mm-hmm. I was just blown away. But I will say though, I think this is. I think I'm gonna say like it's probably the best moment. One of the best moments in superhero or comic book films ever is that interrogation scene between Batman and Joker. Because you get to see how these ideologies clash with one another. And I love yeah. seeing that how, yeah. even though like when Joker says like, like, and you know, I, I first, I thought you were dead the way you threw yourself after her. And then when Batman throws him on the table and then goes to the, t- goes to the door and Jim Gordon's running to the door and they lock the door. And I'm like, Oh snap. Things yeah. are about to go down right now. Go and down. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I, for me, it's like one of the things that I always want to try to do for like uh, films. I want to try to impress people with a movie because one of the things that, like my dad, basically the hardest critic ever for him, like to like these to commentate on like, Oh wow. I can't believe that. Or like, he goes like, yeah, yeah. This guy's just flexing his power. Yeah. Yeah. This guy means business. When he saw the dark Knight, he was like, yeah, this guy's got nothing left to lose, man. This guy means serious business right now. When you see Batman basically beat him to a pulp, and Doug was like, "You have nothing to threaten me with," I was like, "Holy crap! Yeah. This guy's on. This guy's on a whole other level." Of yeah. Crazy. What do you do? What do you do at that point? That's crazy. Okay, so I actually have a because um, we're talking about the Joker. You didn't mention is your top three, and I actually for a oh, second you know, yeah, I can't forget. It's yeah, you know what? I kind of well, like I, I gotta throw in Marvel in there at least because if I don't throw in Marvel, everyone's gonna be like, "You don't like Marvel." Yeah. So what, what about the Joker film? I, I oh, thought... I freaking love that film. Okay. I I adored it. I was like, and Kings of one of the things was like, I was loving it a little too much because I was afraid some I was gonna get tackled by a security guard in the theater. Something like, okay, yeah, there's this kind of like this thing. Like obviously, there was that like kind of like a controversy where I was saying that. The joke was going to invoke riots and stuff. Right, going right. to invoke violence in a theater. And I'm like, what film does it? I mean, like, I was afraid watching John Wick Chapter 3 because I'm thinking, like, yeah, I mean, someone could go crazy in that, in any theater. Yeah. But just, despite all that, I mean. Crazy could happen anywhere yeah, at any yeah. time. And it, it anywhere, doesn't even matter what you're watching. Back to the movie itself. I remember I absolutely, again, going to the store. Hildor Gurenuta, who is the score 
for Joker, who also did the score for Chernobyl. And I was just great blown show. away. Great show. Oh, my God. Super great show. I mean, I, I didn't have HBO at the time, but I saw enough clips to get the gist of each episode. Oh, my God. I think for me, my favorite part of that entire series is that, like, meeting scene where they're saying, like, yeah, this guy wasn't holding the equivalent of one chest X-ray, but rather 400 chest X-rays. And that whole meeting's like, oh, my God. Yeah, that and was so, – yeah. I was, I was in. I actually – Chernobyl is an amazing, amazing show that I was – it was a happy gym to come across because I wasn't going to watch it. And I said, Let and me that check show out. is very depressing. That show is very depressing. You, you know, see and a sometimes, lot of people get that radiation. Yeah, it's, it's sad. But you know what? It, it's I don't mind seeing something like that because it's almost a docuseries. Like you're almost watching yeah. something that, you know, happened. I mean, even though there's like there's there's um Hollywood S to it, but it's still it's still I I can I can differentiate that. You know, I, I'm capable of like understanding this is very Hollywood and this is very like this happened. So taking the facts from the Hollywood is very important when you watch something like that. Okay, so, so you yeah. love the Joker. Yeah, because that score, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i so blown away how that, that score was able to win like best uh, the Oscar for best score. Mm-hmm. And I love, like, obviously, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix, he just, Great. I mean, I when, I, when I saw those trailers, I mean, there's videos of my reaction to the trailers, and I saw, like, basically like, when he goes, like, when you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? I was like, Oh crap! <laughs> and I love like for me it's like I, 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 it's okay. I'm, I'm just studying right now because I'm just geeking out right now over the yeah. movie. I love it how basically we see basically this this one interpretation of the Joker's origin. And as we all know, the Joker he can have multiple origins. This just could be just one way of telling it. I love how we're basically seeing this one guy who's not mentally stable, but he just basically goes on this journey where like a lot of bad things happen to him and like it just pushes him toward that and i think the overall message the movie was giving us was that hey don't be a bully to somebody you see someone get picked on try to help them out or don't cut funding to mental health i mean people need that sort of stuff and so i think their overall message is the exact opposite of what the movie's projecting i think it's telling us to be more kinder to people because if we're not kind enough to people we're going to create a joker our own our own joker basically i I got that out of that too I, i actually felt like you know like the one thing that that movie did that I, I think that a lot of movies don't do is it opened people's eyes to the effect of bullying and mental health and did it within the confines of a superhero slash supervillain movie, which is good. Like, because you get more kids and you get a, a Well, you don't want to take kids to see the Joker. You don't want to see that. Yeah. Which is <laughs> general, like a wider audience will go yeah. see a movie like that than they would per se like a uh, – Hey, this movie's about mental health. Come see it. No, you're gonna. The people aren't gonna do that, but they're gonna go see the Joker. And if you can put a good message in there, not really, because uh, everyone wants to have a message for everything nowadays. And I don't need a message for everything. But if you want to put a good message out there that really helps, like kind of bind and help society, that is the best way to do it. And I think Joker did that amazingly. One of the things that Joker inspired was a lot of people dancing on the stairwells. I mean, I remember when yeah. that movie came out, I was dancing on stairwells like on the way to school and stuff. I mean, I had a blast doing that. Well, yeah, I, I do not. I have not seen the YouTube video of that, and I think I need to see that. So <laughs> you need to, you need I, to put the... I didn't film it, but I mean, like looking back at it now, I'm thinking, man, when this whole pandemic thing's over, I gotta film myself. I'm going down the stairwells, like dancing away to the pandemic. Oh, uh, that's, that's a great scene too. I love that scene. Okay, I love that. Yeah. So now we're gonna move on to a different genre of films or a different. Um, Yes. Um, and because I'm a huge fan, I know you're a huge fan. And, oh, totally. You know I am. So, um, 
we're huge Star Wars fans. I know that, uh, especially when you're doing some of the videos or Star Wars posters behind you at points and yeah. different stuff. Okay, so out of uh, and I'm gonna kind of stick to the newer movies because I know we kind of talked about the older movies. What did oh, you think? Boy. What did you think of the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, and the um, the last one? The uh, what is the last one called? Oh, the Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. What did you okay. think of this set of this this grouping of movies? The Force Awakens was basically a rock concert when I went to see it for the first time in a theater. Right, I, feel I like mean, so it's just it felt so nice to see to go see a, a Star Wars movie like on opening day because I didn't actually go to see the the prequels because I was like what like a fourth grader or third grade at the time, and my dad was gonna be like, I'm not gonna take you to a Star Wars movie. We'll just wait for it to come on DVD, and that was basically that. I watched Episode One on DVD, Episode Two, and Episode Three on DVD, basically. And so, were you a fan as a kid? Were you a fan? Absolutely, I was an absolute fan as a kid. I remember my brother and I, we would like recreate the Darth Maul fight scene and we would use PDC pipes too just to swing at each other. That's great. (laughs) Okay, so okay, The Force Awakens, you go, it's a rock concert. What what did you feel when you saw that movie? And like, after, like, when I saw it, I was like, honestly, like, I felt like uh, there was this one episode in the Big Bang Theory where they're like, they're going to see The Force Awakens, and they're like, you know what? I enjoy that more than I thought. And then you see the like most of them, they're like lying like on the like on the chairs, like, I can't feel my legs right now. That <laughs> really was me. I was like, I can't feel my legs right now. So I I love like how basically Daisy Ridley, how who's Ray, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so freaking adorable seeing her. Mm-hmm. I go on this journey of like from like the scavenger who gets wrapped up on this all this basically like intergalactic stuff with like finn who is a stormtrooper defecting which we haven't seen before and i really liked how they did that take on it and then we have kylo ren and which by the way can we all assume that kylo ren has vampire like speed because after spoiler alert he kills han solo finn and ray make a run for it and for some reason he beats them like to the ship and it's like it's like that thing in like Emperor's New Groove. Like, <laughs> no, how did you get here before us? It's like, how did we? Like, you know yeah. what? By all accounts, it doesn't make any sense. No, but, there's always there's always these little gaps in there that they have to like kind of that they hope you don't catch, you know. But yeah, like, and then there's that moment that I think that I think I just I was just blown away when you see like again spoilers. If you have not seen The Force Awakens, I highly recommend you go see it. If you have kids, they're gonna enjoy it. Yeah. But. It's that scene where you see like the lightsaber just shaking, 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 whoop, flies through the sky and then catches on the Ray's hand. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hell oh, yes. Yeah. Let's do this, man. Let's have this fight that we've been all been waiting for. And then the movie ends off with Luke Skywalker. And I was like, man, Luke Skywalker looks like Zeus for some reason, man. He looks like a right? God of War character. But, so you literally wait to see uh, Luke because you know he's in this movie. You know Mark Hamill's in this movie. You know I love the movie. Just so you know, Force Awakens out of these three movies was my favorite. Yeah, great I, movie. I think it was really good. I, and then I we do, get into. I do miss. I do miss Mark. I do. I wish. I wish in all of these movies I would have got a different Mark Hamill. But we'll go into that. Okay. So now the Last Jedi. No. Oh boy. Now okay. This is where like, <laughs> I have to like, kind of combat like the like the anger from the internet right now because honestly i really love the last jedi because i know for me it was like it it was like it kind of just flipped the whole like thing like in a whole different direction that i wasn't even expecting like i love how basically the the interaction between snoke and kylo ren is that basically like 
Snoke is just saying, hey, stop being this cheap knockoff Vader. Be your own person. And if you are your own person, you'll be stronger than you ever know. And I love that. I love seeing how, like, you see, like, Kyle Ren's basically, he's doing his own turmoil right now because he's got a lot of daddy issues and mommy mm-hmm. issues, apparently. Yeah. And all the I characters mean, like, in all the Star Wars movies have daddy and mommy issues. It's just, it's like the premise. The yeah, that, this whole Skywalker like saga yeah. has been this one big longest like family drama. But anyway, going back to the last Jedi, I love seeing like the way they handled Luke. I know a lot of people don't like it. I had I've met people in our family who basically did not like how they handled uh, Luke, but hated it. <laughs> for for them, like okay, because for me it's like when the Force Awakens came out, that was actually my first time seeing Luke on the big screen because I didn't exist. By the time, like, the original yeah. trilogy came out. And then I realized, you know what? These films are, I mean, while grand, while the older fans love the Star Wars, when in reality, Lucas made the prequels, and he basically made the whole, like, saga just for kids. He made, like, this is for kids. And those kids grew up, and they love the original trilogy. And for I think right now, my little cousin, she's going to grow up loving, like, The Last Jedi and, like, uh, or, like, yeah, and The Rise of Skywalker and The Force Awakens because those are movies that she's going to grow up watching. And so watching The Last Jedi, I was like, you know what? I really like how they handled Luke because reality, man, like, if my nephew, like, murdered a whole, like, clan of, like, young Jedi, I'd be messed up, too. I would probably think about committing suicide, too, like how he was about to do it right in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, it's, like, all that, like, that kind of, like, disconnection between Luke and the force and Ray and stuff, all that for me, it builds up to that Yoda scene because for whenever I watch that Yoda scene, which took me by surprise and you can hear everyone by surprise. Like they were like, what? Yep. When that happened, when you see Yoda's message, I literally cry every time he says that message where like, didn't you remember what I taught you? Like you need to pass on everything, including your failures because from your failures, you can grow from them. I love how basically this also like message transcends the parents too, because parents like, look, we are what we, we are what our kids grow beyond. And that is like the burden ship of parents. And we're just hoping that like we raised our kids right so that they can grow beyond us. Yeah. And I love like that overall, like that, that message between a mentor and another mentor who was once a student. I love like seeing that. And then you have like, you have the lightsaber fight in the throne room, which for me, like, okay, I freaked out when I was like, oh, snap, are they going to fight? Are they going to fight? Are they going to fight? It's a, it's a, cool, twist, it's a cool visual like, scene. Yeah. that's so dope. It's a cool visual scene. Now, I'm going to be the, the uh, antagonist oh, here. Oh, God. <laughs> see, there, there's one thing that, and I understand, and I am that child who grew up watching the original trilogy, loving the original trilogy, seeing luke grow and become a master jedi facing his fears saving his father right so now Mm. you get luke coming back to the big screen years and years and years later and he is and has become a hermit very crazy very sporadic very now the only thing that saved it it was very yoda-esque because yoda kind of did the same thing and i see the correlation between it but like there was a, I, I think that they missed a good opportunity to, they they could have had all those scenes, but what they did with Luke and did you want to see like Luke wreck shop at one point? You want to see him with a lightsaber and just kick I, some ass? I wanted to see him if they were going to kill off this, this icon, of this franchise, 
they needed to at least have him get in a ship, travel to actually fight Kylo Ren, and sacrifice himself if, if anything like Obi-Wan Kenobi did. And I think they missed a good opportunity there because when because I watched that entire scene and I didn't get the whole like projection image thing. Spoilers, watching last night. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't see that. I didn't see that happening because I was so focused on. Oh my god, he's here. He's kicking butt. Oh god, I was amazing. freaking out too, man. When right, I saw and then they, but they took. It was like they pulled the rug from under me and took that away from me. Well, and me, that like, there oh. is where I just. I'm like, oh no, like really, like. You can't even give me this after this all this time. You can't. I can't watch my icon go out like a hero. Well, I for me, watch. when I saw that scene, I was like, when that happened, I was like, when they pulled that twist, I was like, oh crap, he's that powerful in right. order to project himself across the galaxy. I mean, look, when you look at it, Vader could choke someone over a phone call. Here's Luke Skywalker doing a Zoom meeting, like in another country from like yeah. from his isolated little island. So yeah, I thought no. that was – I really actually enjoyed that. I really liked seeing, like – and he basically – he only did it just to make Kylo Ren look like a fool in front of everyone. Yeah. And I love, like, this fun awards, like, see you around, kid. I'm thinking, oh, my God. I, when I have a nephew, I cannot wait to say that one line, like, see you around, kid. Well, see, and that's where, that's where I love it because you have that different perspective on it because I, I see that as, like, a takeaway and you see that as a power. And I saw that as a, an amazing power and I respected that power. I still wish they would have – as a fan, sometimes I, I want more, and I want them to give me my my personal fan farewell, which you I know, know that they can't, and I know that that's selfish, and that's but it's still like I'm like, no, you didn't do that, you did that to me, you know. You know what? I feel the exact same way too, but it's for a different series though. I yeah, I recently watched uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, and I grew up watching that series. And by the way, I think you should go check it out. I, did you did you watch uh you watched uh Dragon Prince right? I did watch Dragon Prince. I love Okay, Dragon the Prince. creators of Dragon Prince actually did Avatar The Last Airbender. It's on Netflix right now. It's almost the exact same story as Dragon Prince, but done on a much bigger scale. But it's almost kind of like the original trilogy of the, sky, of the first Star Wars because I actually did a video of it, and there's a lot of comparisons that you can see. Like, okay, yeah, I can see how, how Star Wars inspired these moments in that series. But anyway, they did the, the first series, Avatar The Last Airbender, and then they did a sequel series, which is based on another different character, and I'm thinking, I feel the exact same way how you feel because I grew up as a child watching that original series as a kid for me. Now, as an adult, now looking back at watching the sequel series, I'm like, man, what did you do? What did you take away from me? So I can understand your point of view because I see that other perspective like on different series as well for things yeah. that I grew up watching. And I feel like, okay, well, I think kids now are going to like watching this more because they're kids. They're going to like it more than adults, like than we as adults. They're going to grow up watching it. Yeah, they kids see it with the less critical eye, and they see the yeah, entertainment exactly. value in it. Like you see an Ewok, and you're like, "Oh my god, the Ewoks are amazing! I love them. They're fair. Yeah, and, the Ewoks are pretty damn cool. But but there's a lot of people who didn't like them. But I saw them at the perfect age for me to love them. You know what I mean? To me, at that age, I was like, I was in. I was I was still like, you know, I was still playing with toys. I was still enjoying, um, um, like, and I was like, oh my. And the first thing in my head is like, I'm gonna get all these Ewok toys, and this is gonna be so cool. Like. So that so I can see I can see how the age always is a factor, and you know we're we're fans like that's our biggest downfall and our biggest strength sometimes. Being a fan, you want perfection in the craft, but this is someone else's idea, so 
you got to always remember it's not your idea it's their idea and if you're going to enjoy it you and you have to go along with them for their ride not your ride okay no that being said we go on to the rise of skywalker right and for me I wasn't a big fan of that movie because, I mean, the way they handled, spoiler alert to you, I mentioned The Last Skywalker, but mm-hmm. if you have kids, go ahead and watch it. They're going to love it. Yeah. It was how the way they handled Palpatine, I feel like I was like, thanks, but why? He wasn't even mentioned. They didn't, there was no setup. There was nothing. Like, he, he's just there. And it kind of yeah. basically, it took away from the Snoke moments that I really love because, man, I right. freaking love Snoke. Because for me, my favorite actor of all time is Andy Serkis. And yeah. fun fact, Andy Serkis has had his, has cherry-picked almost every single nerd like culture ever. He's in Star yeah. Wars. He's in Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, yeah. Planet of the Apes. <laughs> he's in a lot of – right? he's even in like Marvel. And he's going to be Alfred in the new Batman series. So he's got a handful in everything. So Yes, yes. So, so like to see how they basically – how like the Rise of Skywalker was basically damage control for all the haters for the la- for the Last Jedi. Yeah, it really was. It really, it really was like, oh, we we're sorry we were messed up. Let's pay homage to your trilogy. Yeah, there was like, let's pay homage to the whole original trilogy, and I'm like, oh, not really into it. And I didn't like how they threw away like for me one of the best moments of like in the Last Jedi. It's teaching like the message of like be your own person. You don't have to be someone else. Like with Kylo Ren, it was like, stop being like a Vader. You're never going to be Vader. Just be your own person. And with Rey, it's like, I like how she came from nothing. Like, I mean, as Kylo Ren would put it, which is basically, I think the funniest way to pick up a girl, find someone like for all our, our, our male viewers out there, <laughs> go to a girl and say, you're nothing, but not to me. Say that to a girl. I dare you to say it to a girl and see what happens afterwards. While you're anyway, on your rhino, while you're riding down the street with Oh my rhino. God. Yeah. But I'm riding down my rhino be like, <laughs> you, you're nothing to You're nothing. But not to me. Reach out my hand so she can grab grab onto the rhino. But anyway, uh. <laughs> but like, I love how like Ray's like, yeah, you don't have to be a Skywalker or you don't have to be a Kenobi or someone related to somebody in the entire franchise. Because then again, that just kind of makes the universe a lot smaller. And but I like how I was like saying, like, yeah, you don't have to be related to someone famous. You can be famous on your own by building your, your own, own yeah. name. And they just. They took it away, like they just undercut it with saying, "Like you're a Palpatine." And I was like, "Okay." When I first saw that, okay, well, everyone gasped. Like all the kids were like, <gasps> "Which, yeah. by the way, this is for kids." And I'm pretty sure kids are gonna be like, "My my little cousin, she's gonna be like, oh my god, that was so crazy when she's older." For me, I okay. So this is my reaction. This is like my actual like reaction to when that happened. I was like, "No way, no, no. There's no way that's, that's <laughs> happening. He's lying." That was literally what I, those were my exact same words. Because it made no sense. It made no sense. It was literally like, wait. Granted, I said those like in a hush hush tone so that I wouldn't ruin everyone's experience. But yeah, I didn't like how they handled that. And again, going back to Last Jedi, I actually liked Rose Tika. I liked her. I thought, because the Mm -hmm. way Ryan Johnson described her is that saying, like, this is the kind of girl like I would sit next to at a cafeteria. And honestly, I can relate to that. This is the kind of person I would actually sit next to in high school. And so seeing how they just un- they just threw away Rose Tika and threw away the Rose Finn relationship, I was like, oh, come on. I actually liked yeah. that in The Last Jedi. And she had a hot sister. Come right. on, man. You got to give some respect to that. So, so I think, and this is just a personal opinion here, is that they worked too hard to impress 
specifically the fan base than to make good movies. Exactly. Instead of, instead of to create a story that would be, I like would live on its own. Cause even George Lucas in the prequels created a story. He had, he had a framework to work in, but he didn't listen to anybody. Like he, even as bad as some of those scenes are in the soul's parts, those movies work together so well. They build on each other. They 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 work with one another. Those three movies, you can watch all three of them and see why they all make sense together. These three movies feel like I'm literally watching like three different genres of movie that aren't well. That don't, when you look at it, like yeah, when you look at it, I mean, like yes, part like you see as part of the blame being on the studios and stuff. For me, I see as part of the blame is on the fans because yeah. look, we had expectations that were set so high and when it didn't meet it, we just disregarded it. And it's like, I feel the same way about other series. Like going back to the Avatar series, I love Avatar the Last Airbender. And when they went to Avatar Legend of Korra, it didn't meet my expectations. It's like, this is nothing. But again, going back to like, for me, it's like the way I said it in one of my videos for reviewing The Last Jedi or not The Last Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker is saying that, look, at the end of the day, look, we're all Star Wars fans. And it's like, I see Star Wars as like different flavors of ice cream. Each movie yeah. is a different flavor of ice cream. Like, you like ice cream, I like ice cream. We don't have, we may have different opinions on which flavors we like, but at the end of it, we all like ice cream. Yeah. And if you're lactose intolerant, then you're probably a Star Trek fan. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You know what, though? And you're right. And we'll, we'll, we'll end this yeah. Star Wars discussion. Then here. again, is though, that... I will say, though, like, recently, Star Wars has made a huge comeback for me i mean oh, i yeah, loved yeah. oh my god like i cannot speak highly about the clone wars right now i mean i effing loved it and again this is something that i grew up watching as a kid and here i am as an adult like with like the final season i was like okay expectations met expectations like overpowered like it basically blew my mind how the way this final season worked out and i think like i feel like you would really like it I feel like you would really like it if you watched the whole series. Granted, though, the first couple of seasons are really yeah, – yeah, I remember, this is for kids. But when you get later on in the series, man, it gets dark, man. There's yeah. like – you see characters like Ahsoka mm-hmm. Tunnel cutting, like, heads off like that. Yeah, and, I've, I've, I've attempted to. It's just so long, you know. It is long. I, I put it on every once in a while. I actually enjoy the series. I enjoy – because they actually – it's well made. It's really well made. Oh, my Which God, is, yes. Mandalorian, too. By far, one of my favorite Star Wars – like anything like i love the mandalorian tv show it is it is star wars it's raw it's very western but it's very star wars to me it's very based in like i watched this and i feel again as i did when i was a kid excited to see these characters to see this like to see these connections to see like the the um the world and they're going to different places they're meeting different like that's what star wars was to me it's like these original And, and, and having adventures and but at the same time all working towards doing one thing yeah and like going back to the rise of skywalker i mean like grand well i did not like most of the film there is that one moment that i really really loved i talk about like intertwining everything into one like moment is where you see like spoiler alert you get again spoiler alert, you haven't seen the rise of skywalker but it's when ray's like basically hears all the voices of every jedi not just in the movies, but also in the series. Like, you hear characters from the Clone Wars and from Star Wars Rebels. I feel like you would also love Star Wars Rebels because it basically goes back, like, to how 
the original trilogy felt, and it's really well done. I just can't believe all the things people say. Stay tuned for part three.